0: Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host D. Klein. Hey, anonymous, how goes How's it today?
1: going? Ah, it's going well. What about you? Doing well.
0: I've got my coffee here, just freshly ground. <laughs> <Nice>. As you, <laughs> as, as you heard before the podcast began, because I just left the microphone on, and. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect you to hear that, you know, because it's on an entirely different floor in my house. And so I'm like, I'm just going to make myself a coffee quick before the podcast. And so I took off. And then I see on Twitter, you're like,
1: hey, D-Clyde's <laughs> grinding some coffee. That's a coffee guy. Perked my ears up, man. Made, made me want a fresh cup.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, once you go to that fresh, you know, I've got the French press. Got oh, the, That's my what's favorite. That called? Bodum, I guess it was on, I don't know, Amazon or whatever. <laughs> once you do that, it's hard to have, you know, the old, uh, the old way of having coffee.
1: Completely agree. It's, it's even hard to go out and, and have a coffee once you've made your own, you know, once you've done it the right way. Yeah. And I'm
0: slowly phasing out dairy. So I have it with almond milk now. How's uh, that? You know, it took some getting used to at first because it does lend it a different, it's not as creamy, of course. huh. But, um i don't know i've i what i did is this is not really a crypto art related theme here but who cares um (laughs) i i phased out dairy and a lot of gluten from my life those that's good that's a good thing i mean and i lost like 20 pounds in like three months
1: congrats man just by phasing those two things out i bet if i did that with red bull man i would probably lose (laughs) I don't know. A good eighty pounds. I tell that's you, that's a I drink, lot of empty
0: calories, man.
1: Oh God, I drink like probably like fifteen a day, man.
0: Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's nuts. Holy
0: shit, dude! That's a lot of caffeine, man.
1: Oh man, I remember the days when I couldn't even afford it. I was like addicted to Red Bull, and it was killing me, man.
0: If you're having a dozen of those a day, what do those cost each? <sighs>
1: I, okay, so I, I buy either the twelve pack or the twenty four pack now. Uh-huh. So it, it's like between twenty and thirty five bucks Jeez. for uh, you know for me to get my stash for the next couple of
0: days. You know how many NFTs you could buy with that? <sighs> uh,
1: I I know, but then see I'd be sitting here smoking with nothing to drink. <laughs>
0: well, that would cover your gas fees, man.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, you know it probably would twenty five thousand dollars in gas fees over the last year. Holy shit. Is that right? Oh, yeah. that's right.
0: You can look that up somewhere.
1: How do you do yeah. that? Yeah, um, I think it's like gas.wtf. If you <laughs> if you, if you you log in through your MetaMask, it should show you. Okay.
0: And that's safe to log into with your MetaMask?
1: As far as I know, but uh, I'm, I'm not here for financial no, information. No, no. <laughs> do so at your own risk, everybody. Right. And
0: the risk of depression, seeing how much you've spent on gas
1: oh yeah it it, it it literally was probably about two-thirds of of or no no about one-third of of what i made last year so it was,
0: are you serious right now yeah it was like taxes man it was
1: like 33 percent.
0: so what do you think of this whole thing with um tomorrow ethereum futures launching on the cme i don't know man that was really <sighs> bad when that happened with bitcoin a few years ago
1: yeah we it pretty much brought the market down um i don't know you know we we have all this discussion uh, on you know is there an ethereum cap uh, how many are there really out there and you know i i don't pay too much attention to that i'm more of a bitcoin guy myself ethereum mm-hmm. is like my uh it, it's, money. yeah it's my uh currency that i use on a daily basis um it's
0: your bitcoin it's, cash
1: yeah, yeah, except I would never <laughs> <for> it's useful <laughs> Never use Bitcoin Cash
0: <laughs>
1: Oh, sorry to anybody out there that does And
0: it doesn't have a confusing name Right <laughs> Where you accidentally send your Ethereum to a Bitcoin wallet Because you didn't know the difference uh,
1: Man, that would be horrible <laughs> I don't horrible.
0: hide my disdain for Bitcoin Cash
1: uh, Me neither Me neither yeah, It's a fraud it's,
0: I think it's garbage I have a zombie Roger Veer that's still available on known origin everybody
1: (laughs) and uh, the description is
0: bitcoin cash is undead (laughs) (laughs) and it's roger Uh, veer with his his middle finger zombified off
1: oh isn't that the best that was great when he you know he got all triggered amazing
0: (laughs) uh anyway i don't mean to talk about myself here you're of course anonymous nobody folks he is on known origin you have a lot of work on known origin i was browsing through Yeah, I got, uh, I got lucky
1: seven pieces on there or something like that. Oh, over a hundred now. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I started on known origin back in, or officially typing
0: sounds while I look up on known origin.
1: (laughs) No worries. Um, I I started, I think I got accepted in on my birthday last year. My birthday is Is February 15th. What a great birthday gift yeah i was i was stoked and because i had been on rarible before then um i was kind of looking to to branch out you know just to to take my next step at that time and uh they had a contest um for the nft nyc and uh i won along with a couple other people which brought me onto their platform so that was cool it got really hard to get on their platform after that so i I lucked out i got in just in time Mm. and i used that to get into maker's place so like right away after i i got on known origin i applied over at maker's place got in Mm -hmm. there um so kind of secured the platforms um yeah yeah. early on Um, looking into
0: super rare in the future
1: i i've applied to super rare um pretty much you know around the same time as i got into known origin and okay. i was rejected from super rare um mm. understandable i mean a lot of people obviously get rejected um from different platforms but i haven't reapplied um i've actually moved kind of away from platforms a little bit not that i don't like them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because yeah, I, I see do. a lot of your
0: recent stuff's on open
1: yeah. Yeah. Most of my stuff's there. They they have the new uh, free minting, which yeah, is just that's wonderful. <laughs> yep. I mean, obviously, I, I just said I, you know, spent 25K in gas fees last year <laughs> and it's it's not going that way this year. So that's a good thing.
0: Well, and I saw you um, kind of had a clever idea where you're saying if you buy my art, I'll refund you the gas fee so you can do the gas free minting. Yeah. And then if they do buy it, you're going to pay them back the difference, essentially, is what you're saying.
1: Right. And, you know, it, I'm, I'm minting for free, and still the collectors, they have to pay the gas. Yeah, fee, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and that sucks. That, that, uh, it, it hurts, you know, the artists because, you know, they're, they're not just buying what they see and like, they have to also take into consideration that, hey, this is going to cost me a hundred bucks just to acquire it, just to have it sent to me. And, you know, so I figured if somebody's paying, you know, X amount of dollars for my art, then, you know, I'll, I'll pay the gas fee. I'll eat it because it's tough for all of us right now. And if I can do something to alleviate that, you know, I'll do that.
0: Well, it kind of forces you to think about your pricing a little more because whereas before I might've sold like a, say 20, of something at you know point zero one ethereum each or something like that just makes no sense now
1: right and it was kind of fun experimenting that way um when it was affordable to um you know some people pick up you know 20 of the same nft because it was cheap Mm -hmm. but you know now you can have an nft for sale for a dollar and somebody's gonna pay you know 50 just to acquire it and gas. And, yep. you know, so that kind of puts a price tag even on the lowest priced works that that's already, you know, kind of expensive to purchase. So you're mm-hmm. automatically pricing people out of the market. And I hate doing that. I, mm-hmm. I understand there's collectors out there that have money. And I understand there's collectors out there that just don't. They want to collect. They like your art, but they just can't afford it. And, you know, I've, I've tried to tried to price things differently, you know, some low, some high, and I, you know, still don't have luck pricing my stuff low. I I think people look at the low price and and I don't know. I don't know if it turns them off or what, but, you know, I'm just trying to get art into people's hands and trying to, you know, make my life work on top of it, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a dilemma, right? Because, If you price it low to make it accessible are you saying you know to the collectors who already hold your stuff it's not worth as much or i don't know you know right um
1: and and that's what i think about you know because i think you know there's collectors out there that have several pieces of my artwork and i don't know what their intentions are whether they want to hold on to it or whether they want to flip it or you know try and make a profit later um and if I'm continuously pricing stuff, you know, lower for other people to get in, then I'm also at the same time alienating my collectors and, you know, showing them that, you know, I'll, I'll lower my prices for, for, for people, you know, and it, it's just hard as a creator because you want people to have your work and you're having to think kind of, of the economics of it all. Which mm-hmm. isn't really it's not my wheelhouse i'm not I'm not really trying to think along those lines, but I have to,
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah there was that uh, one tweet you retweeted from uh who is it o f i c i n a t s k i have no s k I have no idea how to pronounce it o talking about marketing ourselves, <laughs>
1: oh yeah, yeah,
0: and uh kind of saying. You know what? Forget about the marketing. Just do do your work, uh, and uh, people will people will uh, see it. And what did you think of that? You I mean obviously you had some level of agreement with what he was saying.
1: Yeah, I I mean, again, when we're talking about marketing and promoting and all that, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, probably seventy five percent of the work, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I sit down and and do my art for fun and when i'm done with it then the promotion comes so it's like okay i need to bring it out to the people um and, and you have to think you're on a you're on a 24-hour schedule because we're dealing with the entire world here Yep. so you know if i post something at 10 a.m i'm expecting people like in my area to see it but you know people in belgium or in australia you know they might be asleep at the time so Mm -hmm. you're missing out on a a wide swatch of people and so then i'll repost it and then i'm starting to think to myself like well here i am just shilling you know i'm just reposting my shit and uh Then I start to feel like a salesman, and I don't want to. I'm not a salesman at all. I hate, Mm -hmm. in fact, I hate trying to sell things. It's it's just not what I do. (laughs) But it's something we kind of have to do. We're we're here promoting ourselves, marketing ourselves, and nobody else is doing it. So, so where's the balance?
0: Like, you know, I'll when I make stuff, yeah, I'll I'll tweet it. I'll throw it in Telegram channels. I'll talk about it. Um, At what point is it? um, What's the word? not tasteful do you know what i mean like yeah when does it become just shilling
1: i'd say when you start posting it in other people's threads Mm -hmm. so you know i i scroll through twitter all day long i love seeing people's art if i see it twice when i'm scrolling cool you know like doesn't bother me at all um if i start seeing people promoting inside other people's threads that annoys me then I'm like, you know, I've I've done it a couple times this week. I'm like, does this look like a, a billboard to you? You know, and then somebody's like, well, nobody said it wasn't. And then it's like, Block, fuck, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> so th- you know,
0: I I don't know. I I find these ones where you'll see a tweet through all. They'll be like, show me your art. It's like you're just trying to get me to, you know.
1: Do feed your,
0: your twitter <laughs> ego by throwing my art on yours but i do get sucked into it i'll still put up art on people's you know show me your art sometimes
1: yeah i get sucked into it sometimes too but honestly those posts kind of make me paranoid i don't know why like it's almost mm-hmm. like so i don't like, know i don't know why i yeah yeah it's more like that it's like what you can't go through the platforms like the rest of us you can't scroll through twitter like the rest of us But at the same time, you know, it might be something completely, uh, you know, uh, innocent Mm -hmm. and they just want to see some good artwork, you know, and and maybe that's just their way of doing it. So that's fine. You know, I couldn't
0: tell you if I've ever actually sold a piece doing that.
1: I don't think I have.
0: Right. (laughs) So then that. Kind of points out, like, is there any point to doing that then? I don't know.
1: Right, right. And another thing, you know, when people DM you and start showing their work, then it's kind of, that's also something I don't really like. I mean, sometimes I'll be like, I'll check it out or retweet it just to, you know, be be a friend or be, you know, a nice guy. But for the most part, like that's just that's like walking in my house and trying to sell me a vacuum like if i don't let you in, <laughs> if i don't uh, let you in the door you're not allowed in uh, <laughs> blocked <laughs> i try to be nice man i try i try to be as nice as possible
0: <laughs> well i apologize if i've ever done it to you i don't think
1: there's any dms
0: of my art to you i don't know so. and, it,
1: and, and it, it's not it's not everyone that bothers me to tell you the truth like if I know you already like it doesn't bother me but if it's some random that's not even following me and shit I'm just like ah what are you doing (laughs) I think part of it for me
0: is I get so excited about a piece that I make and we have this little community here of artists that get it that get the Mm -hmm. excitement and if I show it to people in my everyday real life who aren't into crypto they just don't have the same appreciation for it do you know what I mean
1: yeah yeah I totally agree
0: and so there, there it, is that desire to share it with people who actually are into this stuff.
1: Right, right, and I, a lot of just, you know, mainstream old guard type, you know, whether artist or not, they they just don't get it. Like my mom said it a couple times, you know, she's been like, uh, "I'll I'll tell her, oh, I just sold this for this much, or I just sold this for this much," and she's just like, "I don't even get it." Like i don't understand i'm like it's just it's art but it's tokenized on the ethereum blockchain it's that's where you know i lose her
0: mark cuban (laughs) seems to get it he was just uh, saying something about uh you know as once you get the idea of digital ownership you know
1: it makes a lot of sense it does it makes a ton of sense um and, and actually you know if i'm gonna buy art i'm probably buying tokenized art i'm i'm not going out and buying physical art. I mean, the stuff I have hanging in my house is mine, you know, stuff right. I've painted. And if I'm going to buy something, I'm I'm definitely, you know, going to hit up a platform or OpenSea or whatever and buy something from from a crypto artist, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: So let's Just, talk let's let's talk some controversy here. Let's do it. Let's get on to this whole uh crypto finally saga. All right. Um, for context for listeners, um, months ago there was an article on coindesk about thirst trap nfts <laughs> and it referenced an image of crypto finally and one of her images that was in a that was tokenized. Um, but the nefarious elements of it were that basically it became a situation where any search of crypto finally was associated with this kind of, Misogynistic concept. Um, and from what I can tell, Coindesk is kind of just laid low and not responded to any of this issue. What do you what do you think about all this?
1: Um, you know, I'm I like crypto finally. She's a a friend of mine, um, you know, online. I haven't mm-hmm. I I don't think I've met anybody actually in the scene. Um, except actually Steve Klebenoff, I met him, but, mm-hmm. uh, back to crypto. Finally, like I, I was the first crypto artist that collaborated with her when she started doing NFTs. Is that right? Um, yeah, she, she was getting crap for it already, you know, with the selfie thing. And I, I stepped in and I was like, you know, uh, screw you getting crap for this, you know, like I, I'll collaborate with you. Let's, let's, you know, bring you in. And she was down and really nice. And so, you know, I, I put out two pieces and we've been talking since then on and off and, you know, through, through all this coin desk drama, um, you know, I've had her back through it because we've, we've all gone through bullying Um, we've, you know, all had to deal with our share of, you know, crap from other people. And when you're online, it's, it's magnified, you know, you, she has thousands of followers, you know, probably 30,000 plus. And when you, when you're putting, oh yeah, probably, you know, and when you put yourself out there, you're going to get love and you're going to get hate. And it looks like, you know, Coindesk took an opportunity to take the low road and bully crypto finally, which, you know, I don't think anybody should be okay with that. Um, Again, you know, we've all been through our share of bullying and it it doesn't help anything. I've, uh, I've known of people who have committed suicide because of it. Um, people who get depressed because of it people who lash out because of it and it does nobody any good at all and for for coindesk to just completely ignore it after they've written an article um it's you know it's disgusting i i don't think that you know the scene should be uh supporting a company that is attacking people in within their own scene that aren't you know, if somebody's committing fraud or a crime or whatever, you know, write about it. But if somebody's, you know, genuinely out there trying to, you know, educate on Bitcoin and, you know, also doing their own thing, you know, she's an influencer, she's a pretty girl, she's a nice girl, and she's doing her thing and people should support her in that, you know, I'm doing my thing with art. She's doing her thing with Bitcoin and with, uh, you know getting out to the masses and you know people should just respect it you know it, all the hate all the negative it's it's not doing anybody any good and i will stand up for her through the whole thing you know it doesn't matter if people get mad and don't want to support me or you know take money out of my pocket whatever you know um i'm going to take the high road and i'm going to support crypto finally i have her back you know and i Challenge anybody else to stand up for as well. We see, uh, you know, Money Alada, and we see, uh, let's see who else. Second um, Realm. Second Realm, you know, getting out there and supporting. Uh, putting a towel around their waist. Um, we got you know money. A lot those of those images were
0: <laughs> hilarious, man.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, m- m- made me smile, man. I wanted to get naked and take a picture myself, <laughs> but but I'm I- I'm gonna save everybody uh, from having to see the that. Suffering. I'm not I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: uh, that's hilarious. But um, good for the but for it those is those who
1: are standing up.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know. um, Yeah, I think the part that bothered me the most about the whole thing was, and Crypto finally explained this in a little Twitter explainer that she did a little video, was the search engine optim- optimization work that they did on the article that pretty much ensured that her name would be associated with those negative kind of misogynistic concepts. I don't know if um, you, you know, looked into
1: that at all. but I haven't looked into that too much, um, but, it, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. i'm sure they're tagging things in a in a way to where uh it comes up that way because they're aware that there's kind of a controversy over that article Mm -hmm. and i'm sure they're probably wanting to get as many hits as possible regardless on if it's a a good article or not because any press is good press so Mm. i'm sure they're you know milking it for what it's worth and unfortunately you know, they're not even standing behind the article. <laughs> they won't even Well, comment. like what they
0: were, what she was showing was that her name is in the article, you know, for SEO, like, I don't know, 30 times or something. And then it's associated with like OnlyFans and it's associated with thirst trap. And so if you search on Google for any combination of those words, she shows up right at the top. And that's kind of like- Jeez. So if you're looking for crypto finally, that's what you're finding of her, even though that's completely, not a fair association at all that's what right. people are seeing if they're searching for her because of that
1: piece yeah, it's kind of almost criminal you know if you think about it
0: it feels really nefarious right now of course on their end they're not saying "Ooh, hoo, hoo, let's make let's make it our goal to make crypto finally get associated with these things but that's what happened
1: yeah and you know they might be they might i mean i have no idea but you know you can't disregard that either they might actually it might, it might, be a, a hit piece on her.
0: I don't know. I, 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 mean, it seems when you look at the SEO sort, cause she knows all this stuff, she's showing the source code for it and how they kind of put it together. And you go, this seems deliberate, you know, like the way they constructed that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it's it's just not right, you know, and good for her for, you know, not shutting up about it. She needs to continue to, um, and, mm-hmm. You well, know, have well, her own back. Happened with this on there. <laughs> okay, no, go ahead. You're okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. And she needs to be more vocal. And I mean, she's plenty vocal, but she needs to continue. And you know, not back down from it. I. It. it it's just straight bullying. It's, it's CoinDesk rallying. You know, all the Dgens out there to <laughs> talk shit to her. I've seen just, you know, so many different comments because of this against her, and it's it's just it's reprehensible
0: well and i'm guessing it's probably half her dms or crap like that to start with
1: oh god i know i, I can't even imagine you know the crap i get i, I only have 1600 followers and i can only imagine what she goes through
0: well and it's a double standard right cuz i mean you and me i mean we're not going to get dms like that that's just the reality of the situation you know and it's, right. it's you know so she has to uniquely deal with that simply because you know she's a female
1: right and it, it's hard to believe in this time that she's even having to deal with that you know uh with cancel culture the way it is and you know that's why i they uh, cancel coindesk man cancel the the writer who wrote that article i think it was um, leah Kewen. yeah you know
0: which that surprises me too a little bit
1: yeah if it, it did with me at first too um I I looked into her a little bit more after that and kind of was like, oh, you know, she's, she's one of those types, but you know, I, I, I try and stay out of drama the most I can, but it, it rears its ugly head every now and then. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just, it's hard for me to stay out of, especially when I see the bullying, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've written for Cointelegraph, and it's interesting when this piece came up, I found myself thinking, did I ever say anything about anybody that could be construed (laughs) that way? Right. And, uh, you know, and I think back through all the pieces I wrote, and I I think I'm okay. I don't think I ever made those kinds of assumptions about people, you know, but as a writer, too, you know, the thing is that once you've written something like that, it doesn't go away.
1: Right, right, especially on the internet. And you know, when, as a writer, you're trying to sensationalize, anyways. You're trying to grab attention, you're, you know, whatever you can do. And I can see kind of what they were doing with the article, you know, just kind of poking at the hornet's nest, trying to get engagement and interest and whatnot. But in this, this day and age, they kind of picked the wrong topic, I think. <laughs>
0: yeah well there was a particularly egregious sentence in there i vaguely remember it referring to sex workers selling things and then in the next phrase mentioning uh crypto finally selling nfts you know and it was like what
1: yeah is your
0: connection there man
1: the funny thing is is you know all the photos that crypto finally takes they're all tasteful in my opinion there's nothing that's uh bad taste even if
0: they weren't that's still
1: it's still her prerogative it's still you know she should be afforded every right that anybody else would be
0: yeah it's it was disappointing yeah the thing you know people will say oh that happened months ago yeah but that doesn't make it okay
1: (laughs) right right you
0: know like just because we're now seeing this more widespread i mean the fact is it does take some time before that SEO stuff kind of propagates itself. Right. And so it could well be that it didn't really come to her attention until more recently. That doesn't make it an okay thing.
1: Right. And you know, she's, she's still bringing it up to, you know, bring awareness to it. So it it keeps the fire stoked, you know, I mean, I don't think she should shut up, you know, I think she should keep going. Um, but it, it does continue to bring attention to it. And and maybe that's what's needed because eventually, you know, if enough attention is brought to it, maybe the problem will be fixed.
0: Mm. Well, and I think part of what she's doing is she's trying to work at the search engine stuff, associating her with other things by working on making it so people are... Uh, basically, it's kind of an organic thing, right? But uh, she can kind of fight against that by... Um, her own tricks with SEO being that she's a digital marketer. Yes. And I, I hope, she, hope she does. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, let's talk about game stonks.
1: <laughs> I didn't get any, thank God. Um, <laughs> I, I did end up buying silver though. And oh. no, and Nokia. Did and you, you buy Nokia? <laughs> I did. I did it. It's funny. Cause I was like, okay. uh, I'm not on Robinhood. I was uh-huh. on Robinhood, um, but I'm not on Robinhood anymore. Uh, I'm on Cash App, and they didn't have uh, GME, so I couldn't get it. Um, mm. But some of the other ones that were mentioned, I ended up getting. I'm like, eh, you know, if if there's some big network effect and this goes where they're saying it's going, then great, you know, I'll make a few bucks. But I ended up selling at a loss of like 150 bucks because I needed the liquid cash (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you know it happens and of course dogecoin took off i could have jumped in on that if you know if i put two bitcoin into dogecoin i'd already have a half a mil so that would (laughs) that would have been nice or you
0: could have lost a bitcoin
1: exactly and that's why i didn't
0: (laughs) yeah because and that's the thing a lot of people entering because of all this stuff, we have a lot of new crypto. Uh, I don't know if I'd call them investors. Um, yeah, a lot of new yeah. crypto gamblers who are betting on Doge because they see it in the news. It's like, guys, this is a joke.
1: <laughs> that was me back in 2013, man. Yeah, yeah. I bought a nice stack back then when it first hit the news. Uh, I was like, man, Bitcoin, it's, it's priced at 300 this it's it's seen its day you know like there's no way to make money off of this now so uh <laughs> so i bought uh only a bitcoins times. worth of of dogecoin and ended up selling those a couple years later for like 5x and nice. eh, you know still pales in
0: comparison to what you could have made of course
1: Definitely, definitely. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen this happen so many times I've had the opportunity of being a millionaire and have missed it many times and Mm -hmm. that's okay. That's okay. Because, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot better now than I I was a couple of years ago. So that's one thing. And then, uh, you know, I, I'm more conservative with my um, investments because I, you know, I'm, I'm not rich and I pretty much, I guess I'm barely making it. So, I mean, I'm not working. So that's a good thing. I'm living off my art. Um, that's but, awesome. yeah, but it's, I,
0: I, is it a little bit on kind of a, a precipice though, with the way the
1: gas fees have been killing the market? Um, yes and no. Uh, I had some success my trees that I was minting, and um, that was great. That was great. That really kind of helped me for the next couple months. And Let's talk about
0: that, that apple seed project. Yeah,
1: the That's Johnny an interesting apple concept. seed project. So
0: basically, with that, from what I was looking at, when a person purchases that NFT, you're planting a tree?
1: So I'm personally not planting the tree. There's okay. a there's a group, uh, Rooted Future, who they're in Colorado, and you know there's been some some bad fires in that area, and so they're replanting the forest. They have a website. It's uh, Rooted Future, but it's F-U-T-U. dot R-E for okay. f- for future, and people can buy trees uh, from them and they take ownership of the tree, not physically, but you know, uh, in theory, and each tree is geotagged and can be named by the owner. So when I saw that, I, I was like, well, this is a great way to do something good for the environment and, uh, also attach it to my artwork. Um, so what I did is I started making some trees and uh, attaching the, um, I guess the the real tree to it. Um, so whoever bought the NFT would then have a tree that they owned that was planted in Geotag that they could visit online and see how it's doing and know that they had helped out um, the environment. So it's it's kind of like, you know, it's it. you don't just own the art, you you own a little bit more than that. And, you know, you can kind of pat yourself on the back that you did something good for the environment. And, you know, I just wanted to kind of make something special like that and people um, liked it. And, you know, bought, I I think I sold, series one sold out really quickly. I was selling trees like in a minute, I'd post it and it'd be gone. Wow. Post another one and it'd be gone and it was pretty exciting. I was I was happy about that and um did a series two. Uh got up to ten trees on that. I also did a small series of indoor trees. Those all sold out. Um and I have about ten more trees to go in series two. I've kind of taken a little break to just kinda of refresh. And then I'm gonna hit it again and see how many trees we can get. I also have uh i have a tree nft that is actually a forest so if you buy this tree nft then you are essentially buying a hundred trees oh
0: wow and
1: and each tree comes with its own tag that you can have your logo on and you know that you planted literally like a forest um and it's That's a little cool. pricey it, it hasn't sold it's at five ethereum and with the price of ethereum it's You know, not a cheap NFT, but if, you know, a company came along or, you know, somebody that, you know, maybe wanted to have that ownership of a forest, then, you know, it's there. So, you know,
0: seems like a better thing to own than a tile from Michelangelo.
1: Oh, yeah. And (laughs) we'll talk about that, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Go <laughs> ahead, go ahead. Pac. nothing against Pac. I I know what he's doing. He's he's stirring up shit and controlling his and, own community.
0: I think that's what he's doing.
1: Yeah, and you know, to it, I I made a post, you know, and it was like, yeah, I'm selling whole artworks that I made myself, <laughs> you know, not squares. And I'm not hating. I'm not hating. It's just it's off the cuff, but it's it's true at the same time so i I like what he's doing he's he's a designer more than an artist he's uh the type that will get you to think um it it, it's funny seeing reactions i think what he's doing is looking for specific reactions seeing Mm -hmm. what he can do to get specific engagement and reactions and uh, I don't see anything wrong with it. I, I see people getting mad, and I get it. I totally get it. A pixel for how many grand? Like that, I could I could use that kind of money. You know, I could use that kind of money, and yep. I I can offer you more than a pixel. But I see what he's doing, and more power to him, man. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: kind of how I feel about it. Like Robness kind of uh, was a little critical of it too the other day, and. um I was saying, you know, the reality is, you know, he's very successful. And if he does something that seems low effort, let's say, um, yet still manages to garner positive attention and gain funds, people will resent it.
1: Right. And it's because not all of us can do that. Right. Um, I I think that's what it mostly is, actually. uh, Because, you know, if let's say, I mean, let's say me, for instance, I'm not going to say anybody else, but let's say I decide to release a pixel. Um, I'm not going to get even close to the kind of engagement that, that Puck got. And, you know, that's fine. I'm not him. Um, it's, it's not my thing. It's his thing. And, it worked for him, so... Yeah, I, can, I mean, to I, me,
0: it's like, hey, free market, man. If people want to s- spend their money on a pixel, have at it.
1: For sure, for sure. But I technically own the first pixel. Um, Is that right? I Not his. He wasn't the first to do it. Uh, Crypto Artist X, or Beckermatic, he was the first to do it. Uh, he has a piece of art called Pale Blue Pixel, uh, and okay. it is essentially what the earth would look like uh, in space by itself. So it's, it's when you look at the art, it's just black. You don't see anything. Um, But there's one pale blue pixel in there somewhere, and and yeah, I own it. I was the first to own that, and it was the first (laughs) pixel out there. And
0: (laughs) that's like a bitjamin Franklin. He made one where it's a pixel, and then he used a difference blending mode to make it so Uh you don't see the pixel, (laughs) Uh,
1: which was. I I like what everyone's doing. You know, everyone's Mm kind of pushing the boundaries and seeing what will stick and what won't stick and it's kind of fun it's fun to watch
0: yeah well and the reality is if you are a particular person you can take a banana and tape it to a wall and you can sell it correct but if you're not then nobody's gonna buy it you know so there is an element of um what would be the word provenance reputation
1: yeah maybe reputation and and i think even who you know like you kind of get a built-in reputation depending on who you know in the scene and you know not all of us get that some people just have you know that network that they can use at their disposal or you know and one person picks it up and then the next thing you know everybody's picked it up and sometimes you just don't understand why but
0: well and it's that network effect like you say where outsiders look at it and they go what this is crap right? But those within certain circles go, oh, yeah, I get it. Did I just lose you? I don't hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you.
1: Yeah. Okay, I don't know what happened. Siri popped up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even use Siri. I can't stand her.
0: (laughs) You must have said something (laughs) that sounded like, okay, Siri, or something like that. (laughs) Or is it okay? I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I, I, uh, I only have an iPad. I don't actually exist in the Apple ecosystem very much at all.
1: I use an iPhone, but it, I the iPad I'm using, I only use for Zoom. <laughs> so I don't, I don't even really know how to work the things. <laughs> what tools <skills laughs> do you use for your art? Um, I use a bunch of different stuff. I've actually never come out with my process and i might one day but that is actually proprietary Ah, um interesting it's and mostly because i don't use the types of programs that most people use and i don't want to get shit for it you know what i mean uh we i'd say probably I don't know, eight months ago or so, maybe a little bit more. Um, it was all about what tools you used and how much time you spent and all that. And I watched um, basically how it became an issue for a lot of people. And everybody has their own set of tools that they use. Um, you know, some people use Microsoft Word to create, which is just so unique, in my opinion um some people use you know blender or photoshop or you know any uh, programs that do you know that fun 3d spinny i i don't um (laughs) i and it's not because i don't want to because you know i see a lot of stuff where i'm like man if only i could create something like that but i'm not um i'm not a classically trained artist i'm not trained actually in any art uh, programs. So I, I use tons of methods to get my desired effects. And, um, you know, maybe I'll try and learn some different things to, to expand a bit, but I like where I'm at and I like the tools I use. And it's not that I'm embarrassed that I use shitty tools to create. But I kind of don't want to give up the the, the mystique, sauce. and yeah, it's like I've I've worked really hard to to create art that looks good using um, I guess methods most people wouldn't use. Like, okay, one to,
0: app you mentioned there that really piques my interest: Microsoft Word. What the hell are you doing with Microsoft
1: Word? Making so art? I. I'm not, but um, there are, uh, I forgot his name. He's, he's actually pretty popular. I'm, I'm embarrassed that I forgot his name, but he uses uh, Microsoft Word to create. And here, let me see if I could find him. Um,
0: Microsoft Word. I'm trying to imagine how you would use that.
1: I haven't seen much of his work lately, which is kind of, weird because he was doing really good in the scene. Um, making lots of sales. I'm totally spacing his name right now. I feel bad. Um,
0: well, let's just talk process. Maybe the name will come back.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: what's he using word? Like how is he creating in word from what you've seen?
1: I'm not really sure. I know that there's different textures and colors and stuff that you can use. Uh, you know, to make tables and stuff like that in, in Microsoft okay. Word. But he's he's using those, it's almost like a, kind of like dot, two-tone, some sort of texture that he's oh, got man, going no, on. I'm really interested to find more, uh, uh, more about it. I really this. wish I could remember his name. I'm, I'm...
0: That's an interesting idea, though, taking uh, applications that are not related to art per se and right. using them as an artistic medium.
1: I think it's genius actually and mm. it, see I I originally you know years ago I I would be an online troll, you know, on Facebook and MySpace, you know, just trolling around and making all kinds of memes and, you know, part of troll groups and just having fun and I would make all my stuff in MS Paint. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my, I had a buddy that, you know, he was a graphic designer, and he was just blown away by the stuff I'd make in Paint. He's like, "You're the only person I know who could do something like that." So I used to use Microsoft Paint to, you know, create a lot of different memes and and you know different troll artwork that I would do on MySpace and Facebook. And my buddy was just blown away by it. He was. was like how are you creating these things on ms paint and i couldn't really tell him i just messed around you know and I, i would spend my time on it and just you know make these things that were incredible because that's all i knew how to use at the time and so i i just that was working for me and i i don't use ms paint anymore obviously but um I continued on with the simple programs that I knew I could use without spending a lot of time in school or, you know, uh, a lot of time learning these big, expensive, complicated uh, programs. So I, I just use kind of whatever I find works for me, and you know, I guess that's all we can do is create and use what we have to create with. So don't really advertise what i use i guess it's just it's just a tool it's just like uh you know Sometimes some people the simpler
0: tools are just more fun
1: yeah they it does what i want it to do so so that's what i use and maybe one day i'll branch out a little bit um mm-hmm. but i'm, I, I'm kind of like in me my too. spot
0: yeah yeah I, I've i you know I've kind of moved away from playing with photomosh, but every once in a while I'm like, ah, I think I want to play with that again today. You know? Yeah,
1: you know, if, if if you find something that gives you that effect that you want, use it.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you checked out that photomosh Pro? No,
1: no. I in my rareble days I photomoshed a couple things, and then uh, when it started getting crap, I just you know didn't use it anymore i (laughs) i was like i could find other ways of getting these effects and i don't want to get crap so i'm just not going to use it and what do you mean it
0: started getting crap i don't know what you mean
1: uh somebody came out and was like oh now i see what all you guys are doing and that makes me you know kind of not bullish on crypto art and there was this big old you know Drama about photomosh, and then pretty soon everything was getting photomoshed, and you know, trash art scene uh, latched onto that, and they're like, photomosh everything." We'll photomosh our photomoshes, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was funny, you know. I I just didn't want to get lumped in with any particular thing, you know. I don't want someone to be like, "Oh, he uses this, or he uses that," you know. It's it's not important. Um, because if I could make some 3D spinny bald head, then I would. But <laughs> you know, that's not my thing. That's somebody else's thing. So I just do my thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I had a period of time there where I was playing with it too, but I just found it was fun to play with, and it was obvious that I used photomosh. You know, it is fun. Look at it and see that it was photomoshed.
1: It, it's a good tool for those effects. I mean, it, it's it comes out with everything really clean and makes it you know look fun and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you've know, you got flashing lights moving lights all kinds of stuff so there's i don't see anything wrong with it it's it, people might think it's easy you know you just click a button whatever but i mean that's all any of us are doing is clicking buttons
0: i was showing some of my students you know i'm a teacher right yes i was showing some of my students photo mosh and just one day because we have this whole covid thing going on and so sometimes because of the cold weather where i live we can't be outside um normally when kids would get to be outside and have a recess time there's times right they can't and so i'm like hey guys check this out try this and some of them made amazing artwork which i was like holy shit this is so cool i i think i might do something with that like maybe do some kind of uh I don't know what the legalities are of having kids' artwork.
1: <laughs> Depends on if you're selling it or not. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> but it's something interesting to explore where I could uh, maybe facilitate these kids becoming crypto artists. But they're they're too young, I think. Ah, too to, young. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, what I mean is for them to sell it,
1: they're too. Young. What grade? What grade are you teaching?
0: I teach uh, junior high, so it's mostly grade eights and nines. Yep
1: okay you know, yeah. well my years uh, old
0: ish 13
1: my eight-year-old daughter's tokenizing so i mean i don't think they're too young i think they can well they're
0: not too young to create what i mean is i don't know you know being a teacher and then being kids i don't know if i want to <laughs> be involved in any
1: financial elements with them you know what i mean yeah yeah you have some parents coming over and being like. <laughs> My son lost this much money on Ethereum. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> They're gonna be like, "What are you gonna do about gas fees?" Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you I don't want to be win. responsible for that. <laughs> but hopefully, it sparked some interest in them, right? Yeah, yeah it's interesting I mean, though, because you know the what what I found interesting was the kids who I saw were already artistic kids, because I see them doodling or whatever. Right you could see that they had an eye even in PhotoMosh, just taken like a royalty free image which i talked to them about just you know don't just take any image that's copyrighted like you know because you're going to have issues right um you know take a royalty free image and uh play with it and just record you know where this royalty free image came from and who photographed it and give them due credit but um just play with it. And some of the, the, the more artistic kids, you could immediately see, Oh yeah, this, this person has an eye for this, the stuff. Yo, bro, that'll
1: sell for like three S.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if a few of them get into it, Hey, you know, I guess that's, that's, I've done my job in that regard. I mean, it's not what I'm teaching technically, but you know, I, you know, I feel like if you're uh, getting kids excited about something that they can have a passion for then you know that's something successful as a teacher
1: for sure no i would be stoked if i had a teacher like you growing up i mean i had some teachers that would encourage in different ways but i think if you know if the kids listen to you they can probably you know make some good things happen for themselves if they ever got into the scene
0: oh yeah i mean and some of them were making like profile pictures and you know that kind of stuff. Cause of course we've had periods of time where we've had to go online. Right. And then I'm right. like, Oh yeah, that's your profile. That's the piece of art you made with uh, photomosh photo you know, and they're proud of it.
1: Nice. Nice.
0: So, so that's cool. I've also zombified a few of my students, which they thought was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I never put those on the blockchain though. I thought that could be a privacy issue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. you could do like a classroom collab or something, and then you could release it under your name kind of yeah, say there's uh, all kinds my... of
0: foip stuff and privacy stuff that i just don't want to deal with
1: yeah yeah i hear
0: you so i've left that just in the private realm <laughs> <laughs> but it is fun to to get kids excited about art
1: it is definitely yeah
0: for sure speaking of which you do these storybooks
1: oh yes yes talk released... to me about
0: these these storybooks you've created I was looking at um, the one about uh, the balloon on the ceiling. That was cool. And then you did another one with La Pain Mignon as well, right? Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, the first book I did was with Cartoon Advisory. And it was the first NFT children's book on the blockchain. Um, my children's books haven't seen too much success, actually, which is... Where was I? We were talking Um,
0: about the storybooks. You said that they haven't had success. But I mean, I guess that's if you're talking financially success. But I mean, there's other forms of success, of course.
1: Right. I mean, I consider it a success that I even released children's books. I've wanted to write a book for years, you know, maybe even decades. And it always seemed really tedious um, just doing it the old fashion way. And I was waiting, you know, to get into a certain place in my life where it it would be, you know, a good time to sit down and write a book. You know, my ideal situation would be to sit down with a typewriter and have, you know, oil lamps burning, you know, old school, you know, and it, it didn't end up that way. But I thought, hey, you know, I could release books as NFTs. So once I figured out how to go about that, um, I basically put out a post that was like, any illustrators out there that would like to illustrate for a children's book I'm writing, um, you know, come into the post and show your interest and I had a couple people pop in. Um, Cartoon Advisory was one of them and and I just chose him right off the bat. Um, I liked his style. And, you know, we, we made the first book and it's animated. So, you know, there's movement on the pages and it's and really Which cool. book was that? The first one, uh, a balloon on the ceiling.
0: Okay. That's the first one. Okay.
1: Yes. And that one is basically uh, a book for kids that may have trouble um, with relationships and friendships um, that may be lonely. And I wanted to write a book basically that showed them that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, it it goes through the book mostly like, there's this girl and she's, it's her birthday and you know, nobody's at her birthday party and you know, she gets a balloon, just a balloon and it ends up floating up to the ceiling and it's, she can't reach it and it's, you know, the balloon's lonely, it's all by itself up on the ceiling and so she connects with that balloon because she has a loneliness herself and she you know sees that balloon up there by itself too and sees that it's lonely and kind of makes friends with the balloon and at the 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 girl goes to bed and then wakes up and the balloon has a note attached to it and she reads the note and it tells her to go outside and she goes outside and there's tons of friends outside with balloons and you know that it's kind of uplifting towards the end. So I kind of wanted to, you know, make something that had a little bit of a lesson to teach for kids that might be lonely and might think that, you know, there's there's no friends for me or, you know, I I just kind of wanted to, to give that little bit of hope there. Um, So that, that book was finished and, released and you know a couple of co- copies have sold um
0: now you basically co- released it as an mp4 on openc rareable kind of idea
1: it was done on maker's place oh okay. and there and there's also a printable version so okay. there's a version that's not animated but you can print out the pdf so you can you know sit down and read it with your kids or so whatever that's like an
0: unlockable type idea
1: yeah and then the, uh the other book that I did, which is Humblebee, Bumblebee, and the Impossible Flight, and that was with uh, Le Paimiñon, and she is just awesome. She is such a sweetie. Um, her artwork is beautiful, and I, it was such a pleasure working with her. She's great. We did okay. Um, so
0: the other day, you and I were talking about us, and we weren't sure if La Paimiñon was male or female. You're saying it is. She- She's female. Yes. Okay. All right. The debate is over Robness. If you hear this, you now know.
1: Yeah. She has a husband and a kid and yeah, she's, she's cool. She's really nice. Um, I came across her artwork, which is mostly watercolor and hand-drawn and I loved it. And I contacted her and was like, would you like to illustrate a book? And she was just so excited to do it. And I was so excited that she said yes. And oh man, I
0: have a book just waiting in the wings that I want to illustrate or get an illustrator for and I'm dying to have it done but
1: you should you should do it and see I decided it's just to have, this
0: big undertaking. you know what I mean?
1: It is it is but once you're done, you feel like so good about it and even if you know even if you're not making sales, you feel good about it because you did what you wanted to do. you put it out there and you know that's that's all we can do. Is, so, are you
0: looking at printing these on paper at some point, like as a wider distribution type idea, or what are your plans? I
1: would, I would love to. Um, I need to find a way to do that and basically figure out how to monetarily handle that. Right. Um, it would probably be something to where I would have to have copies, uh, you know, pre-printed and made and paid for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I wouldn't be able to do, you know, a big Just run unless, yeah. 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 Unless, you know, somebody wanted to publish it. But um the a balloon on the ceiling that's available on Amazon for download to the Kindle. It's a
0: lovely story, by the way. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I looked at Thank it earlier. You. Yeah. Thank you. And it it has a certain I think you captured that feeling of loneliness that people experience, especially children who, you know, might feel disconnected.
1: Yeah, and it's harder for them, you know. Mm-hmm. For us, we can we can deal with it, but yeah. they don't quite. Well, understand. it's harder for ad-
0: it's hard for adults too, right? But as a child, you know, it can be a a larger uh, struggle, I think.
1: Yeah, they take it more personally, I think. Yeah. But yeah, we got those books out, and you know, I want to get the the one with uh, Le Lapimi. I want to get that uh on amazon as well it's Mm -hmm. i just have so much going on it's it's hard to to compartmentalize these things and get them get them done but that's definitely on the on the schedule yes yes and you know hopefully to get some physical books as well that would be fun totally yeah i Uh, also have music uh, on the blockchain too
0: yeah talk to me about your music
1: um i Back in, let's see, between 2005 and 2010, I was doing hip hop, like conscious hip hop, underground hip hop type of stuff. And there was no blockchain back then. So I didn't really have any option of releasing it that way. Uh, I put out several albums independently and toured uh, like the West Coast. Um, which was fun. it was great. And then had my kid, my first kid, and I retired because there's just no way you can promote yourself and be out late at night every night doing shows and recording albums and and have a kid at the same time. It's so much work. So mm-hmm. I just decided, hey, I'm gonna stop this and be a dad. And you know, after some time, then I was able to, you know, come back out and I, I re-released my music um, on Maker's Place as tokens and have sold some, um, not, it hasn't been like a huge thing and I haven't put anything else out, but I, I released probably about three or four songs with lyrics and then I think about five instrumentals that I had done uh, between 05 and 2010 kind of as like a re-release and was one of the first to be doing that too, not the first, but I I was definitely early on for releasing uh, my music. So I've kind of taken the blockchain and used it as uh, my canvas for all different types of, of artistic endeavors that I'm interested in. So music and writing and visual art and, You know, I put poetry in some of my releases. I I just try and, you know, be as well-rounded as possible as an artist. I I like doing a bunch of different things, so I'm not just a one-trick pony. I kind of, you know, try out a, a bunch of different things to see how they go.
0: Yeah, you know, the more artists I talk to, the more I see it's not strictly visual. Like, it's just personal expression in whatever medium works in a given moment.
1: Right. And we, we have the technology, you know, at our fingertips to make it happen. So it's kind of yeah. cool. We can independently release our art this way.
0: Yeah, I love the playful nature of it in that people are just trying things.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, you see all kinds of stuff and, you know, we're going to continue to see uh, boundaries pushed and see all kinds of cool things. So I think 2021 will be a real exciting year for for NFTs. Mm -hmm.
0: Talk to me about your birds.
1: Oh, man. I have so many
0: birds. (laughs) I felt bad the other day when you showed the one that flew into your window and died. That was terrible.
1: Ah, Such a bummer. I I ended up putting up the big old sunshade like in front of my patio. So it's closed off now. So nobody can fly into my windows <laughs> but I yeah, heard I'm, of
0: people hanging like tin foil in front of their windows and stuff like that to keep them because when they see that they realize that there's something
1: there that they can't those are into. called meth heads <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I've never used it for that I, I, try, I, try I don't have meth heads into my windows uh, you're maybe lucky. down in Vegas that's more common I don't know
0: up here, you can't oh, all... be running around outside. You're going to die <laughs> from the cold.
1: Oh, man. But, yeah, I, I so I'm an animal guy, a nature guy. I like, you know, I like animals in nature. So I I used to have lizards. I had, like, 10 lizards that I, would, you know, had and fed them every day and held them and just took care of them for a couple of years. And ended up letting them go. I started having this, like this guilt for keeping animals in captivity. It was weird. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I was like, maybe they'd rather be outside. I don't know. And plus I was moving. So I was like, yeah, it's time. I got to let them go. Mm -hmm. So I let them go. And it was hard because I was around them every day, but now, you know, I'm in a new place and I don't want to keep any animals in captivity so i just started feeding the birds i put out Mm -hmm. tons of bird seed and now i get like hundreds of birds in my yard every day it's crazy (laughs) are your neighbors pissed off at you for all the bird shit everywhere Uh, i'm i'm sure they probably are (laughs) they're probably not saying anything though i wouldn't be too receptive to it if they did (laughs) 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 i mean the birds need to eat too (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. well and there's just that life there right so yeah
1: yeah it's important to have you know living things around you whether it's plants or animals and when i got here there was one hummingbird and i was happy about that you know but at the same time i wanted a little more life around so i never thought that i would have this much uh around me though i, I had no idea that birds would come by the hundreds so now i'm going through like literally 80 pounds of seed a week what (laughs) yeah it's crazy like holy crap like i every week i go to the store and i'm spending like 150 bucks on bird seed it's crazy (laughs) i really shouldn't because you know i need the money but (laughs) i now that i've started i can't stop i'm like i gotta keep feeding them
0: (laughs) (laughs) well you could wean them off of it by just reducing it You'd get a Lord of the Flies type scenario happening there with these birds fighting <laughs> over this diminishing supply.
1: Could be yeah, kind of pretty, an interesting experiment. I'm afraid they're going to fly away with me one of these days. <laughs> uh,
0: that's awesome. Oh man, it's been great talking with you. Any, uh, do you want to talk about future plans? What you want to do in the next um, few months?
1: You know, I'm always, always thinking 24 seven, my brain won't stop. It just keeps going. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm always thinking of different things to do and, you know, trying to keep it fresh. Um, Currently I'm still working on finishing up the trees. uh, Right. right. And I haven't, I haven't really thought about what's next, but I guarantee there's going to be something. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm not quite sure yet.
0: You're more of a live in the moment type person.
1: Pretty much pretty much. Um, like as, as far as my art creation goes, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think about what I'm going to do before I do it. I just, mm-hmm. I just do it. And so there's not really a common theme throughout my art. It, it just, it, it takes me over. My art takes me over. So I, it, I just sit down to create and what comes out is what comes out. Like yesterday, uh, I released, uh, a flower, like a, a flower flower plant in front of a fence in the rain with mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. water bucket and a trowel. And yeah, I don't know, it's just what I was feeling at the time. So that's what came out. But sometimes, you know, it'll be a uh, naked woman that's glitching, or it might be, you know, some sort of bloody scene, or it might be a living room, or, you know, who knows, it, it all just, it comes to me in the moment. I create it, I release it. And, and that's my process. Sometimes there's, you know, a little bit of thought like today I'm going to use just black and white or, um, you know, I'm going to do something minimalist or I'm going to add, you know, words to my art, which I typically don't do. Um, You know, I'll have those little ideas and then I'll, I'll work with them. But that's about as far as the planning goes for each piece. It, it just, Takes me over, so I'm just as surprised with what I create at the end of it as anybody would be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and that's the joy of it, right?
1: Yeah, it's a ton of fun. Ton of fun. I, I it, this last year has probably been, I mean, aside from COVID and all the crazy stuff that's going on in our world, it's been one of the best years of my life uh, as far as you know being able to do exactly what I want to do and and just create and not have to punch a clock and you know that was a huge leap for me to to not work because you know I have I have two kids and I need to be able to support them and Mm -hmm. I hate having a boss I hate doing somebody else's work and making somebody else successful when I could be doing it for myself so you know, I, I was working a nine to five and I'm a single dad. So my my youngest, uh, her mom passed away last January mm. and it's it's all on me. So I, I was working and I couldn't afford to pay childcare after school. Childcare
0: <laughs> is expensive, man.
1: It, it was like almost all of my paycheck. So yeah. I went to my boss and I said, look, you know, I need to either work from home or I need a new position or I need to make more money. You know, they knew my situation. So they ended up basically saying, well, if it's not working out for you here, here's a list of places you could go to look for a job. So mm. I basically, <laughs> <Not> terribly supportive. <laughs> I, I got a big <laughs> smile on my face. I'm like, oh so that's how it's gonna be okay (laughs) and uh i ended up putting in my two weeks and that was two and a half years ago and i've never i haven't worked a day since then other than just making my art and i've i've made it work and i'm so happy about that like you have no idea this has been like a lifelong uh journey to get to this point and the last year has put me there and i'm i'm just so grateful to be able to have the opportunity to create art and to tokenize it and to have people that like it and and support me and you know i never thought something like this was possible and here i am living the dream so i'm i'm a happy camper right now
0: yeah that's that's a rare privilege good for you i'm happy for yeah you. that's awesome.
1: it, You know, there's people out there doing it better. There's people out there more successful, but I have, you know, just what I need at the moment Mm
0: -hmm, to make mm
1: -hmm. it work. So that's perfect for me. That's great.
0: Well, Hey, thank you very much. That was a really good discussion. I appreciate you taking the time for that.
1: No problem, man. I appreciate you having me on. For sure.
0: Yeah. And we'll uh, stay in touch.
1: Definitely, man.
0: Awesome. Take care and uh, talk to you soon.
1: All right. Have a good one, man. You too, man.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon.